I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Bringing you the truth, or something like the truth, this is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. There's a uh, Jeff Foxworthy routine. I think it's Jeff Fox. No, it's Bill Engvall. I take that back. It's Bill Engvall. It's early on in his career, and he's uh, out with his wife, his daughter, who's selling something through school. He knocks on the door and, hi, we're back. It's kind of how I feel right now. Jeff McGuire filling in for Choice Woodman. On his show that I am now again hosting more than he has in the 2024 calendar year. Because today, Choice Woodman is doing something. He's not filling in for anybody. Friendship basketball is in town tonight. I don't know what he's doing. He might be auditioning new butlers, for all I know, at the Woodman Estates. But I am in for him. And somehow, I don't know how this happened. Matt Essenson. Draws the short straw and has to hang out with me today in place of Chris Neat. Mm. Hey, thanks. There we go. I thought that was going to die with uh, the, this change. Uh, banners hang forever. Uh, He's still a Wii champion, Jeff. Uh, I didn't, Wii but I thought he didn't die. like the, the Wii champion moniker. What? I thought he didn't like that. that no, Wii it doesn't matter moniker. if he likes it or not. Oh, okay. Mean, look, when you win as much as I do, it just becomes something you don't really like to do anymore, but the banner still hangs. Okay. I. I am all for the banner still hanging. I was under the impression, though, that the you wanted the banner to go away. You may have so. to pawn a ring or two, you know, depending where you're at in life. <laughs> but, but the banner, the banner still hangs flies. forever. Yes. Across uh, the way that you just heard there was Clint Scott sliding slides and pushing buttons taking care of us here on the uh, bottom line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Uh, immediately off of the Yates Flooring Center chat line from Bullfighter Champions get second. You finished second on uh, oh, Always week? quick with the low blows, Bullfighter. That's okay. He does it with love, though. It is with love. It is with love. And it's kind of like your grandmother handing you a plate of lasagna that's like literally the size of this desk. And she says, made with love. Yeah. And you're like, don't get me wrong, Grandma. Your lasagna is awesome. And I am, I'm am i never going to finish all of this. But, you know, she, it's the made with love. Yep. And, and that's where Bullfighter comes from. Yeah, thanks. Uh, tons to get to today. And I do mean that because we've got AFC NFC championship games this weekend. We have Texas Tech basketball, Lady Raider basketball. We've got the 76ers and the Nuggets coming up tomorrow night. We have three high schools playing doubleheader basketball tonight uh, on our across our airways with Friendship Cooper and Liberty Boys Girls doubleheader action on their respective stations, which will give you the complete rundown. But I would be remiss not to ask Matt, how you doing, man? How you been? I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, it's been like a week since you've been, been here, at least. Yeah, six days exactly. This is where we sat last this, Friday, so it's has not it really been drawn. a week. It has. So, it's been a very busy couple of weeks. You know, They've all just kind of smushed together. No, no short straws been drawn. I was the winner that got to sit with you and Clint today, so I feel honored to be in y'all's presence today. So how about that? Your level of honor needs to be raised. That's 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 all I'm saying. Clint, maybe because you know Clint's here every day. Except for last week. <laughs> Which leads to the... Uh, I, I gotta tell you, 
Um, this is completely off subject. Yesterday was like the first day of almost normalcy mm-hmm. that wasn't recovering from all of the chaos that was like the last three weeks. Yep. Uh, there, there was even, I, I even went to the event over at the, the civic center for the, uh, you know, pick your power company. I still need to fill out the paperwork for that, but I know where I'm going, but I didn't know what I was doing. Like I wanted to hear their pitches and, and, and read their respective pamphlets and get an idea of what they were offering and not offering for the, the right to overcharge me for electricity. So that was part of last week. The Clint was out for a week. Choices disappearing today. Like it's it's been a constant circle. But yesterday, yesterday was the first day. I got so much work done just doing my normal job. It was amazing. I feel like since the whole switch with Lubbock and opening up and having you know all the companies come in and fight for customers, I've had an exceptional amount of uh, what you call it calls. Solar panel calls. Okay. And I'm now that you said that, I'm kind of putting two and two together. Like maybe, however, they do their stuff on their side. Like all these solar panel companies are like, mm, let's target Lubbock since they're opening up. Tell sure. people we can save them money. And yeah, I'm just like, stop calling me. I'm not, I'm not doing it. You're not doing solar panels? Uh, no. Okay. Don't call Matt if you want a solar panel. Not against them, but the price that they are and the maintenance and all that. And uh, no, no. No, what I'm about uh, wind turbines? Can you do one of those? I'm not doing any of it. You're not doing any of that? No. no. What about sports opinions? Have you got some sports opinions today? Maybe. Me- well, what about uh, like men's basketball sports opinions? Have you got those? I'm good with where we're sitting. Okay. Number one in the Big 12. It, it's you know a good place to be. You know, it, It's hard to be better. I think that the team is playing good. I'm, I'm expecting good things against Oklahoma. You know, when I looked at the rest of the schedule... um. I it's this, still tough. I expect Texas Tech to continue on what they're doing. Like, I don't feel like the team is is slated for a drop off at some point. I know the 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 Big Twelve league is tough, and I you know I was listening to a little bit this morning talking about you know if if you know we finish you know going what well, there's fourteen games left going like eight and eight and six or seven and seven we'd be happy. I don't see Texas Tech basketball dropping off. I think the team that we've seen now up to this point, we've we've had enough of a sample size where this is Texas Tech basketball. This is it. And and the Big Twelve is tough and, and we know that. I don't think that the the team had their best showing at Houston when they got shellacked. I think sure. that was just an off night. And Houston is a good basketball team, but I think that this is absolutely the team that um Lubbock should expect for the rest of the season. I think Pop Isaacs is playing I'm not going to say out of his mind, but he's definitely playing solid basketball. I think he's got a legit chance to have Big 12 Player of the Year if he continues what he's doing. Okay. Yeah, th- so, there, there's a lot of that that goes with this men's basketball team. That's right. If they continue what they've been doing. Well, but you can say that. I mean, I, I just... It's I, not... He hasn't won it yet. It's not a lock I, yet. I don't want to fall into something that I feel like Texas Tech fans do is just settle for mediocrity and say, well, if we lose the next seven games or so, we're still okay. You know, we had a good season. No, I think our expectation should be to continue okay. what we're doing for this, what we've started this season and say, man, we we want to run the table. I mean, that's what we, 11 we're 11 wins in Big 12 play is nothing to sneeze at. Understand that. That would be your seven wins. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, let's also put in perspective 
on the settling for mediocrity, winning seven of your next uh, 13 games, and you're like, that feels like a letdown. Except that's also 11 wins in Big 12 play. That's in, like... High seed ranking for when to talk about any other situation. Agreed, but that should be where we we are targeting. I mean, that should be what you're targeting. Right for. now, you, you we're targeting not losing a game because we're at the top of the Big Twelve, and at this point, everybody's got to come through us. That's right. It's like everything runs through Lubbock all of a sudden again. Uh, let's not bring that quote up. <laughs> I'm just saying that that, that quote didn't age. That well. is the way the standings <laughs> sit as we sit here. Uh, <laughs> Several more weeks into the season in Big 12 play than we were when it was said during football season. That is a quote that was on every other team's, you know, billboards as they were going out, or not billboards, but wall of the locker room, and they were like, hmm, that didn't age well, so let's not bring that up. We're, we're in a good spot right now with Texas Tech Sports. This off the Yates Flooring Center chat line uh, from Bullfighter, that's not a very champion mentality, Matty Ice. And, uh, Steven, I'm so jealous that you're on SBC for your power. You have no idea, like, I, I'm I, just I am, absolutely I am jealous. Too, so we don't have to go through any of this. So, so very jealous. <laughs> Matt Essenson hanging out with us today on the bottom line on 100.7 The Score. Getting to the point, but taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Rolling through your lunch break on the bottom line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Jeff, hanging out with you today in place of choice. I don't know where he is. I I can't even begin to guess. I mean, I could. I still don't think I would get it right. He texted me something about, like, the gold fountain was on the fritz. So, whatever that means, it's over my head. Is it the fountain made of gold or the gold fountain where it's... Like pouring liquid yes. gold. I mean, we don't know yes. which one it is. It could be both. That's a definite possibility. Sitting alongside Matt Esteson, and I say that because uh, Stephen chimes in on the Yates Learning Center chat line. Jeffrey, who is your co-host? Don't recognize him with no facial hair. It's all you need to know to know who it is. <laughs> so was it just conscious? Was it just time to clean up one day? Yes. Yeah, Nobody just- told you. No, actually, the wife was against it. She likes oh, okay. she likes having the facial hair. Says I, you know, look good doing it. But I just get tired of it after a while. Like it gets totally all, understand. It just gets itchy and stuff. So I was like, man, it was only like yesterday or the day before. I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. And you'll probably immediately start growing it back out right now, right? Well, I'm a I'm what you call like a lazy shaver. Like I'll just let it grow out for a few days, and then I'll just do it again. Like I don't straight raise or anything like that. Like oh, okay, I I had to do that every day. With the fire department, you could have zero facial hair besides a uh, a mustache. Probably because the mask. Right? Well, no, the mask would have been your whole face, though. No, so why? It, it is the mask because the mask? They, they want your SCBA to be air sealed, which, you know, like it's always funny because like we would we would do tests and stuff like that. And guys would have to come in on their vacation, which they'd have facial hair and they would still seal and it'd be airtight. So I'd always question like, well, I think we're overboard. I think it's more of part of like. The culture of saying, well, you got to stay clean. Mm-hmm. When in reality, like this, I guarantee if I was to put a mask on, it would still stay airtight. Oh, sure. You, you know, you, you lock it in with like six ways and you, you pull it. And it once you start breathing, it clamps onto your face anyways, because, you know, air in, air out kind of thing. It clamps in. So like, I don't know. So I got tired of straight razors. It's like no more. No more. Okay. Well, 
I am not telling you you were wrong. So uh, enjoy uh, whichever way you would like to go. It is, in fact, your face. I will also say that every now and then it's the you're. It's like after the shower and you're you're standing there in front of the mirror and you're like, "No, nah, I'm done. Zip!" And it's just all gone like that day. And I will start regrowing it at that moment. Like I am already planning on growing it again. It's just the I'm done with it today. Like gonna, today, it just needs to go. I'm gonna brand the razor one day and catch. Catch Clint just not paying attention, Zoop. and then it's forced. You have to restart the Hope process. You bring like a giant cartoon-sized butterfly net to catch me. Not gonna happen. <laughs> I kind of want to see you in a butterfly net now. That's kind of what I want to see happen. I'm kind of pulling for Matt now at this point because up to this point, I was like, "Hey, it's your beard. Keep your beard as you want to keep it." Now I want to see you in a butterfly net, only to, for the butterfly <laughs> net though. We champ doesn't want that action. <laughs> Uh, Texas Tech basketball taking on Oklahoma tomorrow on the road. Lady Raider basketball uh, at home versus TCU, and thank God they found players. Because, dear Lord, if they didn't, there might have been a nuclear bomb that had gone off this morning with Chuck Hines. Mm -hmm. Like, we all get, and I'm not picking on Chuck here. I'm really not. Because we all have that thing that just sticks in our craw, whatever that thing is. I've got two that off the top of my head I can name Jim Thorpe losing his gold medals and then being dead for 30 years before his family got him back because he took $100 to play minor league so semi-pro minor league baseball and the 1980 U.S. Olympic team canceling the Olympic trip because of all of the political stuff that was going on at the time it's both of those two things are like the stupidest decisions in sports in my personal opinion you can argue with me you can tell me I'm wrong all those kinds it's fine in my, those are the two that just bug the ever-loving snot out of me. So Chuck being bothered by this, I totally get. But I'm so glad the game is happening because it would have been a nuclear warhead going off with their roster problems if they weren't able to play it on Saturday. It would have been bad. And secretly, maybe it would have made some great promos and features. So maybe I screwed that up. Uh, you haven't heard this yet. From uh, Krista Gerlich, the importance of getting this game in versus TCU. Sorry, it's my fault. Thought he was. You might get a win in the Big 12, but you don't get the win on your overall record. So, those of us that are trying to build a resume for postseason, um, we need wins. And um, so, we need to play those games. I'm sure K State and Iowa State would have loved to have had those games too. Um, especially at TCU, but, um, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, that you're going to get the win, but you got to play them. Like we have to play them to have the opportunity to win. So, um, so yeah, I'm really, really glad that they were able to get a team together. And, um, you know, I'm glad that we're able to play on Saturday. We've got a lot of events happening that get day two, and it would have been um, disheartening to have to cancel. The fact that the coach is looking at this as an opportunity, I really like in her comments there that it's the you've got to get out there and go play that it's not just the the concept of you know you're you're playing a big 12 game they're all important it's the hey we're trying to win this game so that really stood out for me there what about you matt what what are your initial thoughts on that i mean she's not wrong you've got it you've got to you know you would hate for something to happen and to not have that opportunity and and where Lady Raiders basketball sitting in the Big 12 right now. You you do need every win. You you need to take advantage of the opportunities that appear like they're, you know, leaned and favored in your way and you got to 
go take care of business and, and put another W on the board. So sitting seventh in the Big 12, you, you need the wins. And and this is one I think you can, like, it's not unreasonable to think you can get this one uh, for where the Lady Raiders have been and where they are trying to get to. Uh, it, it's not a situation where you're facing the the Texases that have, you know, outman and outgun you, for, for lack of a better definition, with their talent that they can pull. Uh that you've got a legitimate shot in this one. It's not just even a puncher's chance. You could borderline say that you could be favored in this game for how you have played and what they have gone through. Now, TCU's not without talent, don't get me wrong, but it's still a situation where you can get this one and it would be a good win for you for the four-letter tournament. Not just the three-letter tournament, although in women, wouldn't it be the four- and five-letter? Since it's the WNCAA and the WNIT? Correct. So they have their five-letter tournament, which, if you can make it that far, and a win on Saturday goes a long way to make it that far for this women's basketball program, that would be huge. Do you do you think that with the women's basketball, do you think that the strategy changes? Like, just bringing on new players for TCU, like in my mind, instantly, I would, I would, I would press the whole game. I would wear out the team of TCU. I, I would, well, make, what... I would make it a, a game where there's a, you have to get deep into your roster because you're. You're gonna run them up and down the floor, kind of thing. I guess was was my question. Is that's that's where I would go if I was Krista Gerlich is saying we're we're gonna make it hard for those starters to stay in the game the whole time. And like I said, we're gonna pick you up, you know, forty feet down, and we're gonna make it make you work. You're gonna have to get some of those walk ons <laughs> <laughs> sometime in this game. You saw a lot of that in the non conference, and some of it in Big Twelve play as well for. You know, uh, playing the press defense the whole way through until the games kind of got handled in non-conference play, you'd see some of it back off a little bit. So I could absolutely see that go through here right now uh, as you've got TCU coming in. But this is also still Big 12 play, and you're not going to out-muscle these girls with regards to like you could in the non-conference. So I don't know how effective it's going to be, but I imagine it's going to be a strategy that's absolutely tried uh, tomorrow. And I'm all for it. Like, I'm in favor of beating TCU, pretty much in whatever sports you want to name. All of them. Yeah, you name a sport, tiddlywinks, I'm in. They they haven't quite achieved the the Texas hatred, uh, because I would root for TCU over Texas. Mm-mm. I, I would root for TCU over Texas. Um, they're they're in that they slid into that A and M hatred very well when A and M left the conference. Like that's, that's kind of where the line is. Now, if you are of the opinion that TCU should die like a dog and never win anything everywhere, you're not wrong. I'm not arguing with you, but that's just where TCU falls for me. Uh, Texas is still number one with a bullet and it always, always will be. Two things. I would have to flip those just for me. And I've made that clear on here. And there's only one purple school in Texas and that's Tarleton state. So, Man, Stephen F. Austin catching strays today. Well, oh, you know. Hey, no, TC, TCU is always the school that I, it doesn't. I'm, I'm sure with you, it doesn't matter what sport we. And I'll, Abilene Christian catching strays. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You take that. That's not nice. The Abilene Christian didn't do anything wrong. They're doing it right. There's only one purple school, and that's Tarleton, baby. <laughs> Nobody else. Coming up. We still have uh, some NFL discussion to get to. I'd also like to get some, Matt's thoughts on some uh, of this Red Raider basketball team versus OU and, and kind of pick his brain a little bit for what he expects to see on the road tomorrow. But we also have some AFC and NFC championship games to discuss too, and 
which one is going to be more entertaining? Let us know on the Ace Flooring Center chat line at 107thescore.com. This is The Bottom Line. Bringing you the truth, or something like the truth, this is The Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Jeff McGuire filling in for Choice Woodman on the bottom line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Sitting alongside uh, Jamie Lint and uh, Clint Scott sliding slides, pushing buttons for us as he does on the program. I meant to ask you this question earlier today, Jamie. Okay. And I, I don't know that you can necessarily answer the question. But I think the audience can also answer the question, too. Is too much made of your Mountain Dew drinking? (laughs) And I say this because it's not like you're mainlining Mountain Dew all the time. It is your beverage of choice when it comes to a carbonated sugar beverage. Much as mine would be Dr. Pepper or Clint's would be pop in some form. Whatever it may be. Everybody mean electrolyte, sir. Uh, Okay. What uh, my point is is too much made that it's Mountain Dew for you as opposed to say Dr Pepper for somebody else. I don't really know. I, I feel like um, you guys know I'm very loyal, hundred okay, percent to whatever brand I'm into. Okay, I mean the two that everybody seems to know about is Mountain Dew and and. Under, Under Armour. Armour. Yeah. You might throw Heinz in there as I well. was going to throw Heinz. <laughs> so that might be three. Triple Is threat. that why you work the morning shows? Because of Heinz? Um, <laughs> yes. Um, I think you probably don't see me. I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I think probably too much is made of it. But it's not like made as like... I don't think people are looking down at me about it. I think it's just kind of a funny character trait of me. Um, I don't probably drink nearly as much as you guys like to make it out to be. Um, It's roughly like 24 cans a week, something mm, like that. Maybe about a third of that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I forgot some of them are bottles. My bad. <laughs> uh, and when so we're talking the bottom, we're talking I, the 750 milliliter version of them. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, during the week, it's not that much, and I mean, almost none, unless I'm traveling. And then the weekend, I I drink soda, um, and that's only because I'm trying to not be chubby. Uh, hey, join chubby man. Okay. Team Chubby's awesome. So um, probably too much is made of it, but I I don't take it like in a negative way or whatever. Um, I think the, like when you see people who drink diet Coke, usually you see people with diet Coke, like almost always in the, it's almost always in their hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, when was the last time either one of you saw me with a Mountain Dew in my hand? It might've been Texas Tech baseball season a year ago. I don't know. I mean, because I, I, I don't see you on the weekends. I, I mean, every once in a while, like if I wake up in the morning and I did not sleep, then I know I'm going to have trouble being a little bit drowsy during the day i'll bring one to work with me but i don't keep it in my refrigerator here for a reason um but i don't really drink that much you know i don't know eight or ten we want to help you huh 
We want to help you, Jamie. Yeah. Is that, we is that what no, you guys are doing? That's, that's yeah. not what this is. That because, and Jamie, I say this. You have this. friends that love you. Yeah. What, what sparked the question How for has me, Jamie's uh, Mountain Dew drinking affected me? A letter. Okay. okay. What's, what sparked it this morning with me is because I played the liner of, you know, coffee, Mountain Dew, and sports. You mm-hmm. know, much more coffee and Mountain Dew than sports, but it's there mm-hmm. for sure, right? That's the, the joke of that liner. And then we hear the intro. Did you drink my Mountain Dew? Let me smell your breath. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just that you get bombarded by it a lot, mm-hmm. and you're not drinking one now. It's, it's you Friday. Have a flavored water. What, it's Friday. I'm excited because, you know, Friday means you know I can have a, a soda. So during my daughter's game, I'll probably knock one down. Mm-hmm. When you I'll said, sneak it in. You said you know, which makes sense. Like the uptick of traveling. Mountain Dews are going to. I've I've heard you've stopped referring to it as baseball season and just Mountain Dew season. Mountain Dew season. (laughs) (laughs) Like there, there's a can of Red Bull right over there that will be consumed in the next two hours. Like it's just it's been a a a busy day and that's what is gonna. It's basically my my afternoon cup of coffee kind of concept. But Mountain Dew's got such a negative stigma to it that it gets thrown at you, and I, I don't know that it's fair. Especially for as little as you actually do. I, I take it as a joke. I don't, I'm, oh, sure. I'm not offended by it or whatever. I, I think there's, um, you know, whatever you drink, I mean, unless you're just drinking water all the time, there are also negative things to it. We all know milk's great for you, but we also know it's fattening, right? Sure. We, we know that, you know, al- alcohol does things to your liver or whatever, but at the same time, a little of it is somewhat good for you. So, you know, just everything in moderation, right? So I, I'm... I'm sure there's something good about drinking coffee, too. I mean, it surely isn't about the way it makes your breath smell. Um, I think coffee has probably saved a few murders in the world. Yeah, so. okay. uh, whiskey you does know. the same thing. It, it, yeah. There are more people alive today. Someone, mm-hmm. Some people are alive today because of whiskey. Like, it started that way. Mm-hmm. So there, there's always that concept going mm-hmm. around. This off the 8th Flooring Center chat line. This is starting to sound like an intervention, and it, a more reverse intervention for all <laughs> like, of us. Like, but at no point is my, you know, doctor told me that, you know, hey, you need to cut back. That's never happened. Uh, Bullfighter Jeff's energy level on Red Bull must be why he's not on the radio in the afternoon. No, it's usually when we're starting the afternoon crash that the Red Bull comes in. Like it's still sitting over there, still sealed. You mentioned outrage just a second ago. Like you're not bothered by it. Oh, I was bothered by something yesterday, Jamie. Okay. Not like hugely bothered, not Chuck Hines, Kansas State or TCU bothered, but bothered. Tech pick fourth, baseball preseason poll. I, I feel a real, little Rodney Dangerfield no respect here. You know, it's, it's interesting that um, D1 baseball ranked you as higher at 21 compared to Oklahoma State unranked in their top 25, yet they picked them to finish in front of you. Yeah. Um, yet the, or the coaches poll did. Um, I just, man, I, don't get outraged by that. There, there, there's too many real things in this world to be frustrated about, you know, um, to it's, it's preseason, you know, it means sure. nothing. It's, uh, it's not going to keep you from making the tournament. It's not going to keep you from, I don't know, getting a better draft pick or <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's just a preseason rank. I kind of like it to be honest with you. It just gives you a little fodder to be uh, the team to be like, oh, hey, they thought they were better than us. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna beat us. Truth be told, the Red Raiders have really had their way with Oklahoma State on the baseball field in recent years for the most yeah. part. Yeah. So, um, like, there's been some sweeps, and when I say some, I mean most. Yeah, there's there. It's 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 been good, but I mean, I I think they're 
you know, really five, six teams that are really talented in this conference this year that uh, look like they're really good. And you see that D1 Baseball had seven Big 12 teams making the tournament this year. So that's that's a lot as well. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not bothered by it. I, I mean, again, the other teams are talented too, and, and they might be hyped up or whatever. But, um, you know, we're giving, I think as Red Raider fans, we've, I think we're looking at some of the guys that you've got penciled in to be starting pitchers and you feel like, hey, man, there was ups and downs with them last year, but you felt like they were trending in the right direction. Well, these folks from other towns, they're not diving into all that, so they're not going to give you the the benefit of the doubt. We're, sure. we're talking about how good we think Kyle Robinson can be and everybody else from other cities is saying, hey, he had a 536 ERA last year and he's going to be your ace? Yes, because he's awesome. Okay, so you can see why they wouldn't be as high on it as we are. They should be more educated about how awesome the Red Raiders are. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Sorry, that was that wasn't as outraged as you wanted. No, no, it was a little outraged. It wasn't, again, it wasn't like it was earlier today. It's the bottom line. We'll look at the NFC-AFC Championship games on the way next. Bringing you the truth, or something like the truth. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Big weekend in the NFL coming up on 100.7 The Score with the AFC and NFC Championship Games. Jamie Lent, Jeff McGuire, Clint Scott with you on the bottom line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com. And the 100.7 The Score mobile app, if you've got a thought about either of these games or you want to chime in on any of the questions that I've got for these games, feel free to do so on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. When you look at both of these two games, Jamie, which one do you think is has the best chance to be like, I don't want to say last-second field goal, but that close where a last-second field goal swings it either way? Yes, is my answer. Both of them? You think yeah. both of them can be that close? I, I think both will be good games. I think that I'm looking at both of them as we sit here today, and I think that can happen in the AFC. That it might, that it could be absolutely within a three point game at the end. I just look at San Francisco playing at home with the less game. I know it's a motivated Lions team for everything that they've allegedly gone through, and I say allegedly because oh, they've so been a not, good team all year. So you mean they're not playing with house money? <laughs> no, I don't think they're playing with house money in the NFC Championship game. They want to win this game like everybody else does. But I just look at what San Francisco has done this year, and I see that as being like a 21-point win. I, I don't think it's going to be a 21-point win. I think if you asked me which one has the better potential to be a blowout, I would pick that one because... It just, you know, the, the Lions haven't been there a bunch. I know Jared Goff has, but uh, I, I would it be a situation to them playing on the road where it just kind of falls apart for them? They were so good playing in front of that crowd and that atmosphere at home in Detroit, and will will they be as good on the road? That's where I could buy into thinking, yeah, maybe the Lions won't be up to the challenge. Whereas I just don't see either one of those teams in the AFC just falling apart. I think they're both really good. I just I just don't think they'll either one will fall apart. So I could buy that, but at the same time, San Francisco's missing a key key weapon. I I I think Brock Purdy's good, but I think he's a bus driver, 
And I like he just doesn't exude a ton of confidence out of me. Can I tell you why I like Brock Purdy as a, as, as 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 the bus driver? Because he's okay being the bus driver. Like he accepts that as his role. It's not a hey, I've got to be better than I am, and I've got to force things. He, I don't want to say he embraces the bus driver, but he's not trying to do too much well, with it either. You know, just it wasn't too long ago on a Monday night he. Looked like he was trying to do too much and got pounded by the Ravens. So I I don't know I I think it wouldn't shock me if Purdy had one of those you know just had a bad game. But I think he's a good quarterback. I'm not saying I think he's bad. I just I just don't think he's elite like you're you're talking about with Mahomes and Lamar and um, I don't know that I think Jared Goff's you know elite either, but. No. I think he's pretty good. He's good. Absolutely yeah. good. And Purdy is probably the fourth-ranked quarterback of the four that are still remaining playing. But I'll also say this. He's still remaining playing. And much like you just kind of alluded to there, that the better quarterback play is in the AFC this uh, as we sit right now with those two guys going head-to-head. What do you think about that matchup where it's – Lamar Jackson, I, I I struggled with this earlier trying to put a definition on it because I don't think he's a once in generation once in a generation talent. He's not at that tier, but he's like in that next next notch down. Like he's he's a special talent. I don't think there's any argument for that. And but he's, he's a also freak talent. Sure, but also he's not the guy I want paying for to be to be paying forty million dollars to be the quarterback for my team with the chances that he takes. And maybe that's what my issue is with him, is the the chances that he takes. He's good at them. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely respect what he can do on the football field. I'm just worried every time he runs, he's going to lose an ankle and be done for the game or the Mm -hmm. season, like in one play, because he's trying to make up one extra yard. Right. And that worries me. Mm -hmm. And while Pat can run the ball, Pat runs to throw. Like he's running, he's looking for down the field. He's constantly, he'll go get the five yards and then run it out of bounds or do the quarterback slide or whatever it is so that he can make the next play. Yeah. But Lamar just scares me in that regard that it's, he's, you know, we joke around here that, hey, your backup quarterback's only one play away. I really do feel like in Baltimore, their backup quarterback is very much like that, just one play away. And the downgrade from Lamar to their backup is huge for talent wise. Yeah, absolutely. But that's the way it is really with most, most teams from their starter to their backup. There's really a big difference. I, I think those are both going to be great games. I'll, I'll be surprised if either one of them is, you know, more than a 14 point separation. And both of these could be upsets. Like I could absolutely see a situation where who's, that happens. Who's even favored in the, AFC I imagine the, the, the two, Home teams are favored. Um, San Francisco was favored by a touchdown. I think the Ravens were three and a half, two and a half. If only I got jokes. had a place to see that. <laughs> you think that's jokes Most at three and a half favorite? Vegas have jokes. I mean, there's a reason Baltimore's the number one seed. And Yeah, Baltimore's a three-point favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Again, um, one team in the AFC has had success after success after success in the postseason and knows how and expects to win one team and their quarterback have had struggles in the postseason and have found ways to lose games that they shouldn't. Well, isn't that true for 
three of the four teams in I the mean, playoffs at this point. I mean, isn't there so much more pressure on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens than is on Patrick Mahomes? Which is an interesting storyline that, that no one has really talked about, right? Because you go to this pass round, what was the story? It was like, oh, how's Patrick Mahomes going to play on the road? Because you're talking about something that he hasn't done before. Lamar Jackson's never played in an AFC championship yeah. game. Like, I would totally uh, agree that I think there's more pressure on Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. right now. Because this is also the year, like, that's the stigma. Hey, couldn't get it done in the playoffs. Can't be available yeah. for the playoffs. Well, yeah. right now you have everything rolling, and the Ravens the have been playing lights out. If the Chiefs lose on Sunday, it's going to be Mahomes just didn't have enough weapons this year. Yeah, you have the built-in quote-unquote excuse yeah. right now. I also think that if the Chiefs lose on Sunday, that it's also going to be a little bit that Lamar is finally living up to his MVPs. Well, like That's going to be the other side of o- that, too. Only if he actually plays like that. Do you see him playing badly and then winning? No. And then that's my point. No, like He's yeah. going to have to play well in order yeah. for that to happen. Yeah, no, that's fair. And, and not saying that Pat couldn't have a bad game or, or along, but I think that's also the other side of that story that comes out of this is that Lamar finally sir or I don't want to say earns because he's absolutely earned the MVPs that he's won and he's probably going to win one this year but getting to where those MVPs actually mean something because as we know it doesn't mean a thing without that ring and you get the ring not next week or but the week after in the Super Bowl yeah without winning winning a Super Bowl it's almost somewhat of an embarrassment meaning as a quarterback meaning you were great in the regular season but you couldn't get it done when it really mattered and I hate that moniker for the quarterbacks because there's been so many good quarterbacks that didn't have a chance or had one chance really early in their career that could didn't have the team around them and that are Hall of Fame quarterbacks and all-time passing leaders at times that we the flaw is is that they didn't win the big one. I Yeah, like like Patrick Mahomes was not a good college quarterback. Right, and when we all sit here and know... Was that really Patrick Mahomes not being good, or was his defense like that bad. historically bad? Like worst defense in the history of ever bad. Like of college football, most points ever given up was the Red Raider defense those years that he was here. Imagine if he did have a good defense, and so people like respected Texas Tech, and and they won a bunch of games, and let let's say they were in his three years as the starter, they averaged eight. Eight and a half wins a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he probably would have been the number one pick. I just feel like everybody doubted him because it was like, ah, it's not a real football team. It's not a real scheme. You know, he's not going to do that at the next level. He got so much praise, though, from like the quarterback camp. And you, yeah, when people even, saw what he could do when it was just him. And even when the season ended, you remember he was thought to be like a second, maybe late. second late, round pick is kind of where it was at. Maybe late first, yeah. And all of a sudden, like in the last couple of weeks before the draft, he just leapfrogged. Well, it's like you had guys out there, which is this is this is the classic, hey, when you go in back and look at all these highlights of all of these things that are just hilarious to look at now, he had no footwork. It wasn't even bad footwork. He had no footwork. <laughs> yeah. He had no feet. These are the same people that said Josh Young can't play third base in the major leagues. See, that one was the mind-boggling one. If you said you were worried about him hitting, I'd listen to that argument. Mm. But field? Josh? Really? It's bottom line. 100.7 the score, 107 the score.com. Getting to the point. 
taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Questions, questions, questions all day long here. 100.7 The Score. The Bottom Line. Jeff McGuire filling in for Choice Woodman alongside Jamie Lynn and Clint Scott. And with Jamie here, it's time for Jamie's Question of the Day. Time now for Jamie's Question of the Day. All right, we got to fill in the blank here. Okay. Wide open. The Red Raider men's basketball team will finish in the top four of the Big 12 Conference if... Blank. They win enough games... Just okay, kidding. guy. Just kidding. I'm just now kidding. I get to kick you in the shin. Well, I, that's why I'm behind the protective glass. <laughs> okay. Uh, Texas Tech will finish in the top four in the Big 12 if they can continue to make up in hustle and in intensity their lack of rebounding numbers. Rebounding for this team is going to be an uphill sled all season long. You've got one big guy when most everybody else in the conference has two or three. And you're going to be out-rebounded pretty much every game in the Big 12. It's not a lock. Don't put that in, like, go to Vegas and say that Tech is never going to win the rebounding battle. Because they could. But it's going to be hustle. It's going to be defense. It's going to be doing the things that we've seen them do in this, you know, 4-1 start to continue going forward to make up for what they're missing in rebounding. It's the, you know, the, the counter art, the, the, the other side of this statement would be a team doesn't shoot very well, but they get those rebounds to give them more chances to get more shots up that you would be looking to combat with. If you're playing against the Raiders is you got to use your rebounds and make those shots when the offense is clicking. So as long as you can continue to play the way you have been playing in the intensity and in the defense and and really moving forward and forcing the issue with teams, that you can get out-rebounded and, and win these games. That is the longest blank I have ever seen in my life. It was a mile-long line. Well, it was an explanation of the blank. I didn't think you just wanted like a one-word answer. Horse name? Explanation of the blank? Yeah. Yeah, feels like a good horse name. Uh, weed strain would be better. <clears throat> Much better weed strain. Both. Um, I'm going to do a two-part blank, to be fair. So I'm going to say if you can hold serve at home um, and then have, uh, I would say... Meaning a, a, perfect at home? I don't think you have to be perfect, but I don't think you can lose more than two. And this is where the combination comes with having at least an even record on the road. Um, because I think that's going to be the recipe for anyone in the Big 12 to be in top four, top five is, you know, we, we keep on saying, and it's true, we keep on saying it's so difficult to win on the road in the Big 12 because it is. So sudden, you can't suddenly turn into a team that's, you know, well, we, we looked up when it was all said and done and you were 500 at home or, mm-hmm. you know, you were you were at a five and four mark or something like that. 
or even a, a even a six and three. Which, by the way, I think you can be six and three at home when it's all said and done and be a tournament team. Um, but you don't have to be in the fourth spot or higher to be a tournament team. Right. So if you're going for that fourth spot or higher, you have to do what these top teams in the league are doing and be dominant at home. Um, and then I don't think it's even maybe stealing a few on the road is an, in, an inaccurate thing to say because you should go beat Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State. I think you have a great chance to go win at UCF. Some of those games you need to go take care of business whenever you travel away. But it starts with um, having an overwhelmingly good record at home in, in conference play. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit simpler than you guys. Um, I think you've got a bunch of guys, or maybe a bunch is too strong. I think you've got a few guys that you can count on for 10 to 12 points, 13 every night that are going to do good things for you. But I don't think offensively you can get it done without Pop Isaac scoring at a high, high level. Okay, and so what I mean by that is, I mean, if Pop averages 20 a game, which I don't think is just crazy talk, but if Pop averages 20 a game, I think you have a good chance to finish in the top four. You need that lead dog scorer. He's your clutch shooter. He's the guy that wants the ball in tough situations. He's the guy that seems to be the spark plug that gives everybody else confidence. He's the guy that also um, has done a great job of, of uh, you know, Bringing, drawing defenders, kicking to others, giving, making the extra pass, and and helping others get open looks. I just think without him, your offense is pretty average. When he's shooting well, your offense takes it to a different level. So give me a twenty per game average for Pop, and I think you're finishing the top four. You know, I I didn't realize before today that just in, in conference play, Pop's the leading scorer in the conference right now, mm-hmm. and uh, I think. It's it's important to that point to have him still be that lead dog, but I also think it's equally important. Like Warren Washington has to keep up his level of play, and I'm not expecting to see a drop off. But I, I think you need, and that's not just scoring. I mean, that's it. Just feels like to me that those other guys, you can have one come and one go, and somebody else will step in. Okay, mm-hmm. but without Pop doing what he's no nobody's taking twenty a game. No like question. Pop. Yeah. You know, whereas, you know, Washington may have a night uh, off night, but hey, Darion Williams played well tonight and he scored mm-hmm. 14. Or, you know, um, Kerman Walton, Walton may have, have struggled from behind the arc, but hey, McMillan was killing it. I mean, it just. I, I guess when I think of Washington, I'm not going just from the scoring side. Like everything that he does well on the court, yeah. it feels like you can't have like an off night from him defensively yeah. in the league. Or. All of a sudden, which because he's such a high motor guy too, which is really important uh, to have on a roster. If all of a sudden that motor went out on a night, I'm not sure if you would have enough driving force down low from who else you have on the roster to kind of make up for that. Yep. Uh, this thought off the Yates Lawrence Center chat line: Simple answer to Jamie's question: Win out at home and a couple more road games. So kind close, of where uh, close Clint to what is that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, is we've talked about all season long how tough the Big 12 is and you also 
we've also talked how tough this little stretch has been or is for the Red Raiders with four ranked teams, three of them on the road. And, you know, we were even talking at the beginning of it, you go two and two through this stretch, you would take that. Well, you're one and one right now through that stretch. Would you still take two and two through this stretch? That's Oklahoma tomorrow and TCU, I think on Tuesday. TCU Tuesday? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Tuesday. I, I didn't know it was Tuesday you, or I want to see you play it out. I don't think... I think Oklahoma right now, even though that's a road game, and I'm not trying to all of a sudden discredit the surprise they've been this year. Um, and then the same thing, I'm not just trying to say TCU is going to be a gimme, but I think you've got a great opportunity to go two and zero. So I'm I'm in the, I mean, if, if it was the take it or play it out, I'm in the roll the dice category right now because I I think you can have a couple really good back to back games on the road. I think I'm with Clint. I think I would play it out, and I think 2-0 and is a possibility, but I'm also going to tell you 0-2 is a possibility. Yeah. yeah. I, sure, yeah. Um, th- This is kind of the, the two-game stretch, and I know we're going to be facing this 100 times in the Big 12 because that's how tough this conference is. But these two games can really do yeoman's work for setting you up for the rest of the season. Or could bear, I don't want to say bury you, but put you out of the contention of that top four. Because you've got a ranked Oklahoma on the road. By the way, 11th ranked Oklahoma on the road. This isn't like they're the 25th ranked team that you're playing. This is a borderline top 10 team, as we currently sit. I'm getting the the side eye from Clint. With the technically, because the numbers beside the name, sure. I think that is a top 25 team. I don't think that's a top 10 hanging around top 10 team. And they're about to not be after already losing this week. And I think having, they're decent. I just don't think they're a top 15 team. Yeah. Don't think they're horrible. This has been the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Go to 100-7thescore.com for more from the Double T Sports Network.